Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, August 26, 2020. Thank you for joining us today whenever you are listening to this podcast episode. It is Wednesday, and for those of you who have been followers of the show, you guys know that Wednesdays mean Bill Barnes. On the weekly Wednesday weigh-in, the retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every single Wednesday. He's our only weekly guest he is here to discuss whatever is on his mind, a lot of current events, some strong opinions, of course, regarding everything going on around the country. We try to get some sports topics in as well, but over the past few months, it's been a lot of talk of COVID, uh, some politics, uh, just everyday policies, if you will, that are going on, and of course, some of the policies on the sports opening up, whether it be professional or college sports, and just some different uh, opinions and different topics there. We're going to get into it all with Bill today. I know last week we kind of took a a break, if you will, with Bill on Wednesday. We kind of did a a couple movie reviews, if you will, or more more of a book review and a a short film review, kind of about two events that happened uh, in the Southern California area, both of them within the Riverside, uh, San Bernardino County area, actually. So Bill happened to know a lot of people involved in uh, both events. And so he shared his thoughts on a book he was reading about the Norco 80, 1980 uh, shootout and also a situation that occurred not too long ago in the Riverside Police Department regarding a deputy, sheriff's deputy, and uh, her involvement with someone who was in a jail, uh, wanted for murder. Uh, pretty fun story, I guess you could say, if uh, fun, if, if you're into that stuff. I don't know if fun's the right word or not, but an interesting story, to say the least. Uh, for both of those uh, involved, the, the shootout, of course, no joke, just all seriousness, a very serious situation. And the other story that we discussed, man, it, it was very, I said fun, but it's more of a interesting thing. Like you almost couldn't make this stuff up. It was like something out of a drama that somebody would would write up and you wouldn't believe it. But real life story, real sometimes uh, true stories, real stories are, are the best ones because you, you realize that, man, this really happened. And so sometimes, yeah, you, you do chuckle a little bit. But in all seriousness, uh, very, uh, very dramatic situations, um, you know, that happened in, in the Riverside Police Department, Riverside Sheriff's Department. Uh, back in, uh, well, I'm not sure when it was. It was the early 2000s, I believe. But Bill filled us in on a lot of details regarding what happened. And I don't know if many of you guys got to see it, but uh, I do know this. It was uh, entertaining and and not necessarily in a, in a good way. It was just like, wow, I can't believe this happened. Uh, and then the shootout, of course, was a pretty tragic, tragic event that uh, there was some loss of life uh, involved with uh, 
law enforcement and uh, just a horrible situation. But Bill gave his uh, two cents on that, and it was uh, it was great catching up with him last week and talking about that, kind of taking a break from current events and talking about some uh, events that had happened in the recent past. Well, today, guys, uh, we will be talking with Bill about uh, a good list of topics. I have a few in mind, and I think he's uh, pretty excited, amped up, ready to go. As the heat has gone up here in August, I think his blood pressure has as well. He's ready to go and pretty excited himself. It's, it's just good for him. Every Tuesday night when we record, give or take, he he just he gets a lot off his chest, and I think it's good for him. He said that on the show before. So for those of you who have not heard Bill Barnes, um, he's rather intense, <laughs> pretty heavy language, uh, and you know, no topic is really off limits. Bill has a rather conservative slant when it comes to politics and such. Uh, I, I agree with him on a lot of, in a lot of areas. Uh, our approach is a little different, but um, I love the guy. He's here every Wednesday and uh, wouldn't have it any other way. So if you haven't heard him before, you've been warned, be prepared. Uh, you might hear some things that you didn't think you would. And for those who are return listeners, uh, I can promise you more of the same, some more excitement from the one and only Bill Barnes. Well, a couple thoughts I have today before we talk to Bill. You know, have you guys ever met people or known people that they just don't accept responsibility for their actions? I think for those that are parents, I'm not one, but I think parents see this a lot in their kids early on. From from what some of my friends have told me in raising kids, that's one of the biggest challenges is getting them to understand that their actions have consequences. And I can look back to kind of when I was a kid and even my teenage years, like that's what it was all about. You, you, you're growing as you grow up, become a teenager, then become an adult. Like life is all about accepting responsibility for your actions. And I think in today's world, 2020, there's a, there's a lack of that. And it is so frustrating when people don't accept responsibility for their actions. You don't have to agree with the situation that occurred or anything, but you got to also understand that, yeah, my involvement or my actions made this problem worse or did not, you know, you have to self-reflect there. Did I make this problem worse or better? I saw it a lot in umpiring when I was working baseball. Guys would do stuff or say stuff and you'd hear them and, and they said stuff that they wanted you to hear or little actions they would do. And they were like shocked when you called him out on it. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. A guy strikes out, he walked across and he'd mutter something under his breath that I won't repeat here on the air. Uh, but, <laughs> but you'd call him out on it, either eject him right away because it was something offensive and uh, he wanted you to hear it, or you'd maybe engage him a little bit. And then some guys would own up to it and other guys would be like, I didn't say that. It's like, I heard you say it. You said it so that I could hear it. Own up to it. Man up. At least accept responsibility for saying it. I ejected guys before and they would lie. They'd tell their coach, I didn't say that. And I'd either turn to the catcher or someone close and I'd be like, you heard exactly what he said. I'd be like, yeah, he absolutely said that. So 
with baseball players, I respected guys that they said something, you either engage them or were forced to eject them, and they took responsibility. Yeah, I said that, but you're, you know, I respect that a hell of a lot more than I do guys that don't accept responsibility for their actions. I didn't draw a line on you. I just, I was just uh, putting my bat in the dirt. It's like, come on, dude. We all know what you were doing. You were drawing a line or gesturing where you thought the pitch was. Don't sit here and lie to me. It, just accept Just accept responsibility for your action. Okay? In, in baseball, another thing is, is warnings. I can't tell you how many times our supervisors wanted us, guys, if you're going to eject someone, make sure you warn. Get a warning in. It just it looks better on paper. Uh, it, it makes your actions look more justified. I get that. Now, there's situations that don't warrant a warning. You know, guy says F you or you're terrible, something that is personally directed at you. And some fans are like, really, that's all he said is you're terrible or you're horrible. Well, the players know this isn't like brand new information to them, whether they're in college or pro, it doesn't matter. Coaches know better. So it's their job to tell their players. Okay. And for those that think, oh, that's an overreaction to throw someone out of a game for that. You see that a lot in the big leagues. Announcers are the, are the worst. They're like, how good? That's all he said? Come on, you got to have thicker skin. The problem is that if you don't handle it that way in that moment at that time, okay, things get worse. Other people see it. Other players see the behavior and they're like, oh, okay, well, I can act that way too. Much like children, right? When kids are growing up and they see somebody not disciplined for some actions – well, they're going to do the same thing, right? Or if they see someone discipline or get in trouble for something, they kind of know as they're growing up and learning, oh, okay, I shouldn't do that. And some people are a little more hard-headed and it takes a little bit more time. That's kind of the analogy I'm going with there. But I think in today's society, outside of baseball, outside of kids, we have adults now who don't accept responsibility for their actions. They want to pass the buck, if you will. They want to... Blame somebody else. It's someone else's fault. Okay, there was recently a shooting in Wisconsin. And I don't know if Bill's going to want to talk about this or not. I'm going to get his thoughts. Look, at there's, this, there's this, uh, this war on police right now for everything that they do. Anytime they use force, anytime uh, someone is harmed or killed at the hands of the police, it's making news. Usually only if it's if the kind of the races fit, you know, uh, that's a whole nother story, but I'll stay off of that. I, I do want to say this, that the, we as citizens guys, if we're going to be hard on police, we as civilians need to do a better job. We need to listen to warnings. We need to not do stupid things. All right. There's a lot of tension in this country right now. And police are on high alert, and uh, they're pretty tense right now. Bill's not the only former cop or current cop that I have conversations with. Maybe not every day, but probably weekly or you know monthly at least with different people. If we're going to hold police officers to a high standard and criticize their every move and be hypercritical of uh, mistakes or uh, be critical over use of force that we don't know the whole story to. 
We need to do a better job. We need to do the things we can control. All right? We need to listen to warnings. Okay, much like baseball, and I, and, and let me say this. I hate comparing police work or uh, military, you know, battlefield. I hate comparing those things. Like uh, you hear a lot of military battlefield comparisons in like football and this and that. Um, I, I'm trying to always be respectful of the military and law enforcement. I hate comparing things I've done to what they've done because it's it's not comparable, but it helps me kind of see things in a better light. I don't know if it does for you guys. Uh, I'm a very visual person, so I try to see things based off of situations that I've had. And by no means, again, it's just putting it out there. No means am I saying uh, I am anywhere near what law enforcement does or or, or uh, regular civilians do. It's one of the hardest jobs out there, if not the hardest, is being a police officer, i got to imagine. So I've dealt with people. You guys have dealt with people at maybe your jobs. You know what it's like to deal with someone who doesn't listen to uh, maybe someone in authority or someone who's not a team team player, if you will. Use whatever imagination you want. Um, people that don't kind of fall in line, you're very frustrated with at work, I got to imagine. I know for me in a baseball field, you ask someone to do something, they don't do it. They're making your job harder now. Now I got to deal with you. And I also have to do my best to keep control and not let things get out of hand. All right. So when we're warned to, to stop doing something, civilians, okay, we don't know what's going through a cop's mind. We don't know... Uh, all the things they have to look at in a situation in a very short amount of time. But I know for us as civilians, we got to stop trying to think that we are above uh, listening. We are above being cooperative. We got to do those things. We have to do our part. And I say we because I'm a civilian. I'm not a police officer. I'm not in law enforcement. All of us are civilians. Our interactions with law enforcement, we have to do a better job of. We have no idea what it's like to wonder in a life or death situation of what someone's reaching for. It might be something harmless, but the police officers don't know that. And and it's sad for me to see things that could have been prevented had people changed their behavior a little bit. I want to choose my words wisely now because I know that we're in this era right now. You know, it's been a few months since George Floyd and there is just high tension, a lot of conversations out there that probably need to be had. All right, but we got to do our part. And this peaceful, I'm calling it peaceful rioting, uh, which is, you know, very much pun intended. It's not solving anything. And and this other, I got to say this too. People that block the highway or block roads, stand in front of of cars 
and block people's way to to get somewhere, stand in a highway or a street because you're protesting, you guys need to get a life. I don't care what the cause is. You do that, you're an idiot. You, you, you're you <laughs> blocking people's way to get to get places. You're just, and then, and then when people get like run over, or people drive by and, and someone jumps in, who are they mad? At? They're mad at the guy driving the car. You're the one standing in the street. Like, again, not accepting responsibility for actions. That car hit me. Well. You're standing in the middle of a highway and blocking their way, and now they feel unsafe as mobs and crowds start to come in on them. What would you do? I'd try to get out of there too. There's this, there's this notion, there's this, there's this theory going on around the country that, uh, much like cars, just seek out people and hit them on purpose. For no reason at all. Not that they're standing in the street or whatever. Okay. And I say in general, because yes, there are situations. There's even terrorist attacks where guys have done that. Okay. Speaking in general, not the 1% of the time when, when things like that happen. All right. And yes, those are horrible situations. I'm talking about people blocking a street and then being, and then being curious why, like, appalled that they were hit much like there's this theory that police officers just want to go out and hunt people. That's just, it's just false. It's completely false. We got to do a better job guys as civilians. We have to do a better job. And I know some people don't want to hear that, well, the police, yes, the police, they have some issues as well. They got some things to do. All right. But in talking to countless police officers, countless law enforcement, I also know that um, they're doing everything they can. And the last thing most of them want to do is pull a trigger. The very last thing. So. We got to do a better job. We got to accept responsibility for our actions on a daily basis. That's trained in us from a very young age as we grow up into adulthood. It's just something we got to do a better job of. We got to control what we can control and not point the finger at people when our actions cause a very bad situation. We can't always have it be somebody else's fault. If we live our lives that way, uh, I don't. I don't think uh, you know that's going to put us in the best position for success. Anyway, guys, had to get that off my chest. I don't know if Bill's going to want to talk about it or not, but uh, we'll get we'll get to a few topics here. Um, we'll try to cover some sports here. I do know we are going to talk about the unwritten rules of baseball. Kind of Bill's thoughts. We'll probably disagree on a couple of those topics, but that is uh, completely fine. And, uh, you know, we'll obviously 
produce some fun conversations. And uh, also we got some other hot topics to discuss that have uh, been breaking not only recently, but over the weekend and the past week since Bill and I have last chatted. So with that said, we will take a very quick break and then jump right into our interview with Mr. Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every single Wednesday for strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Okay, we're back again with Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. He is here to share his very strong opinions of the not only the past week, but the past couple of weeks. Because, uh, Bill, last week we took a little hiatus from some of the current events and kind of did a book review slash uh, short film review. So are you ready to go today? Yeah, of course I'm here. It's my fucking house. <laughs> yes, it is. Man, right off the bat. I love it. All fired up, ready to go. Very, very cool. Uh, well, well, Bill, how's your week been, man? Everything well, good? Well, we took a, um, <clears throat> Deb and I took a trip over to uh, Laughlin last week to meet up uh, with a buddy of mine who I, I might say, I won't mention his name, give him some privacy. He um, <laughs> is an old cop friend of mine, lives up there now. He, I had found out a week before he was going to go in yesterday for what could have been either a simple stint for some blockage or they were going to crack him and, and, and do some open heart surgery. Well, I'm happy to, I'm happy, went up there, met with him last week. We had, you know, we even said our goodbyes just in case, just in case he went, you know, tits up on the, on the, on the table. Um, and I'm happy to say he was able to get by with a simple stint. However, he has to go back in a month for another procedure. So it's an ongoing thing, but the actual open heart, heart surgery was avoided. So we'll get to say our hellos and the goodbyes are not going to be enforced. Oh, so that's a good, good deal. Very good. Also met with a friend of uh, your friend and mine, Mr. Ray Leibel was up there. Oh, we met with Ray. Had a good little meeting. Uh, Ray and his lovely girlfriend were there. Tell me he's wearing a cowboy hat. He was wearing, okay, picture this, <laughs> picture this, picture this. Okay, if you would, please, picture this. Uh, sandals with black socks, <laughs> a bathing suit, not a, not a Hawaiian shirt, but a shirt that said Las Vegas in a Hawaiian print <laughs> and a cowboy hat. Oh, my Lord. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Um, we met with them, had a good time, spent a couple days up there. I will say this, I'm taking no more trips, any types of vacation until this fucking pandemic is over because I don't like wearing masks in a casino. I don't like not being able to go into a bar in a casino or in a bar period anywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. They were kind of locked down just like we are. Uh, you had the mask police, you had the social distancing Nazis there. In the and, and I don't blame you know they have to look out for their for their rules I get it. However, I just don't care to to play, okay. 
<laughs> and I'm not going to go on any more vacations, any more weekend trips. I'm not going anywhere until this fucking thing is over with because I'm tired of wearing a mask in, in, when trying to enjoy myself, okay? Look, you can't wear a mask and enjoy yourself unless you're into dress up, which I'm kind of not into when it comes to a mask. I don't mind dressing up, but I don't, know where, I don't wear masks when I play dress up, okay? <laughs> so with that said, <laughs> with that said, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm going to wait this thing out. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's, that was my week. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Well, some, some good stuff. Very liable, man. Uh, only he could have that kind of attire. <laughs> he went back to when he met his lovely girlfriend in the year 2018 of our Lord, year as he would put it. Um, quite a story there. I won't get into oh, it. Oh man. But you know, Ray, Ray's a character. Oh, no doubt about Ray, it. Ray, uh, Ray, Ray marches to the to to his own beat, and you gotta love him for that. <laughs> I had the privilege of working with Ray for the first time, uh, actually in Vegas, right before the uh, the pandemic hit, if you will. One of my last baseball series, so so that was a lot of fun. Uh, well, so Nevada, not much, not much different than here, huh? As far as some of no, the policies, uh, the bars are closed, uh, restaurants are open. You can actually go. You don't have to sit outside in the 122 degree weather up there. And 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 um, and burn to death when you eat. You can actually go inside. Um, you can order drinks as long as you order dinner, um, but you cannot just go to a bar and just you know listen to music. There's no live music in the in the uh, casinos at all. It's um, what what's what's the logic there? I have no idea. I, I'm sorry, I said logic. Well, because there you isn't want, you, any. Because I know you've got people there that are in a in a um, electric wheelchair with an oxygen tent, with an oxygen device into their, into their, in, you know, into their, into their, into their stoma <laughs> sitting at a, at a, um, at a, um, um, slot machine playing. That's how, that's how gambling facilities make their money off people like that. Mm -hmm. And they figure, I guess they think, you know, they, their logic is what the fuck, you know, I'm, I'm minute to minute. I'm day to day. I might as well see if I can make it big and hopefully come up with a, maybe some type of um, happy life with the small amount of time I have. I, I really don't know. I've never really gone up and asked one to be honest with you. So, uh, and, and gets, and be, be, between the oxygen uh, tube into their stoma, their electric wheelchair and their their built-in fan fanning them on their wheelchair. They also have time to smoke. <laughs> wow. So with that said, that's what I, I I it was you know we went midweek, so you had a lot of older folks there from all over the country. Probably uh, we did experience a really good typhoon. Um, oh. Or yeah, typhoon thunderstorm. You know, and the and the locals there said this was the worst they'd had there that one night for probably you know five ten years. <laughs> So we got to experience that. So unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, well, good for you. Well, yeah, let's, let's wait it out a little bit more till yeah, I'm, I'm, hit I'm, the road again. Right. I'm not going to go on any cruises. I'm not going to go to any uh, exotic Mexican Rivieras. I'm not even going to fucking Newport beach <laughs> until this shit thing is done. Okay. I'm just going to dig in, make money, save money and just wait it out. Beautiful. Nothing wrong with that, Bill. Well, uh, you know, last week, Bill, we took a little different route with our uh, our show. We, we, per your suggestion, we, we did a kind of a, a book review of a story that really happened in 1980. 
the North uh, Norco shootout, excuse Norco me. Norco 80. Norco 80. And uh, you know what? We got some feedback for you. I, I not only have some feedback from last week's show, but I also have some questions for you today from some listeners, multiple listeners, not just well, as one. As we should. Yeah. As we should. Because, I'm, you know, we, we're a very, very, very popular, high-rated <laughs> um, broadcast. Absolutely, man. And uh, the first uh, the first thing we'll talk about is uh, Edwin Ixta, who who talked last week about, about you you know, coming out and throwing the first pitch at a Real Hondo Junior High game. Uh, he's on, totally on board with that, as I know you are. Uh, he coaches in the junior high department and teaches at the high school. He sent me a tweet or the, or the Get Home Safe Pod uh, Twitter account, and he said, absolutely incredible story. Uh, we need a movie. Is Bruce Willis available? And I think that was absolutely a tribute to you uh, being identified as Bruce Willis recently a couple weeks ago in a drive-in movie. Well, you know, he's absolutely correct. And um, the, there is an uncanny resemblance um, that a lot of people have told me in the past. Now, I will say this. Bruce Willis would be a great character as one of the, the uh, uh, characters in that movie. However, there really wasn't one standout hero other than Jim Evans, James Evans, the guy who died. Mm-hmm. He's your only hero of that whole fucking fiasco, okay? But without, you know, other than him, everybody had a hand in that. I would say your main character, your main hero in that other than Evans would be DJ McCarty, the guy who brought the, uh, the, the uh, AR-15, yeah. the automatic weapon from Fontana. He would be your true hero based on what the other deputies and officers said about him returning fire with that and the suspects backing off because they realized, hey, they're being met with, they're being fired upon with the fire they have. Therefore, they, they backed off, and that saved a lot of cops' lives up there. So I would say he is your number one hero in this whole um, ordeal, other than, I mean, they all were. Yeah. They all were, right down to the to the helicopter crews, to, you know, everybody in this thing had a piece. But I think he, um, everybody is at 99.9999%. He would be the one that would be at 100%. So I think he would be your lead guy. Yeah, and uh, Edwin attached kind of a YouTube uh, clip, a documentary. He took your suggestion to kind of – there's tons of YouTube clips uh, and little uh, mini series or whatever you want to call them uh, on that whole event. So he he dug in, he checked it out, and uh, was very happy that we shared that with him. And so he wrote in to tell us about it. Uh, Edwin also sent in a voice message. I know you love those, Bill. So he had a question for both you and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're going to play his uh, his little call in, if you will. And then uh, we'll, we'll give him his response. What do you think? Perfect. Hey, Matt and Bill, this is Edwin Ixta. I'm a huge fan of the program. I have a question for you guys. So 2020 has been a difficult trying year, but... My question is, what is something positive that has resulted from this situation in your eyes? And uh, what are you what are you looking forward to after after this pandemic is is over? Uh, Love what you guys are doing. Keep up the good work and I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you, Edwin, for your voice message. We always appreciate listeners chiming in. Uh, I'm going to let Bill answer this one first. Go right ahead, Well, Bill. you know, Edwin, great, great question. Great question. We love questions. We love questions. We love comments, good or bad. <laughs> um, I would say the most positive thing about this year is that the world has not come to an end. 
<laughs> because we all know 2020 has just been a horseshit fucking year. Okay. Starting with, uh, you know, this, this COVID-19 started in, in October, November in China. The folks over there, whether it was man-made, handmade, somebody, you know, a bat was, was fried or whatever the fuck it was, you know, the bottom line is it started there. It got mixed around, passed around. And I'm sure as I'm sitting here right now, that fucking virus was here January 1st. Okay. We just didn't know it. So the entire year has been plagued with that. <clears throat> then on top of that, we've got, <clears throat> I mean, all the negatives. I mean, that is obviously a number one. Now they say that there's going to be an asteroid that's going to hit the earth <laughs> the day before the election. I can't wait for that. Okay. That's another fucking excuse for people not to go vote or vote with the fucking mail-in thing or whatever. I mean, it, it is just a complete shit show the whole year. So I'm thankful that we're still breathing. Okay. That we're still alive and that the world has not come to an end. Okay. Okay. That's my thing. That's my positive. That's your positive. That's my positive. And what are you most? Everything else. <laughs> everything else in this, like I said about going to Laughlin last week. Yep. Everything else has been absolutely horseshit the whole year, okay, for, for everyone. There is no positive. There is no, not even fucking Fauci can throw a fucking ball over the plate or close to the plate, okay? And now all of a sudden, he's been silenced because they said he had a, a tumor on his vocal cord. But he's going to be fine. But you notice he hasn't been talking lately because he can't, okay? Very odd. And, you know, the, you know, the whole thing is just weird to me this whole year. You couldn't, you can't make this shit up. No, no. You either. can't make it up. Okay. So that was your positive uh, thing that you've taken from 2020. Uh, now to, for his second part of his question, what are you There's most, a second part? what are you okay, most looking forward to uh, once this pandemic is over? What I'm look, most looking forward to mm -hmm. is going to the grocery store, going out in public and seeing people without masks on. So I can see all these beautiful smiling faces, or in some cases, very, very homely faces. I want to see them. I don't want them hiding behind masks. I think this is just a twilight zone way of living. Okay. And I don't like it. You're looking forward to normal. I'm looking forward just a bit of normal. I'm looking forward to being able to go and be seated in a restaurant, not in their fucking parking lot. I'm looking forward to, if I want to go have a drink in a bar, I can go. Okay, I can yeah. go. If there's going to be any bars left, if these poor bastards can still afford to open their doors when this is over. It's true. You know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, other than that, I mean, let's just get back to the way it was. I'm not asking for anything other than what it's supposed to be. I'm not asking for millions of dollars to rain out of the sky or <laughs> me to win the lottery or any other fucking thing. I just want it to be the way it was. Now, I will say this. During this pandemic, um, there was no such thing as a rush hour anymore. Traffic was pretty much under control during this thing because people were supposed to and urged to stay home, which the vast majority did. Now, yesterday, I was in Los Angeles. I was in Culver City at 3.30 in the afternoon. I looked at my, at my uh, Google map, and it said two hours <laughs> and five minutes to get home. And I about fucking went berserk, okay? That meant... 3.35, or from 3.30 to 5.35, I was on the fucking freeway in downtown LA. I started off on the 10, transitioned to the 60, 605, 210. You, now, should have, you should have stopped at a bar to wait it out. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody likes a wise ass. Man. <laughs> nobody likes a smart ass. And so not even, we don't even, so we've got the pandemic masks, nothing open and we still get the fucking traffic now. So it is not good. It mm-hmm. is just not good right now. It's like, I've said it on the show many, many times before. It's not a good time to be a human being. <laughs> good answer, Bill. Good answer. As they say, uh, in family feud, uh, well, Edwin, for me, I think the year 2020, uh, sorry, I'm such a downer. I, I'm no, sorry. I'm no. such a Debbie downer, Edwin. All right. I know that's not the way the uh, real Hondo prep people want to think and act and go about their business, but you know what? I, I'm, I, I went to a public school. I wasn't, I wasn't gifted with, with a private school education, which I'm not making fun of. I think it's a great thing. So, so I'm sorry. I'm just giving you the truth. Hey, hey, hey. We want the truth out of you, Bill. That's why people tune in. Uh, for me, 2020, I, I think it's been eye-opening. And for me, I think, Edwin, that uh, I, I just – it's it's made me realize that there's some things I got to leave behind and move on from. And, and it's definitely the best part of it, I guess you could say, is that it's helped me to really create some new goals for myself and to open my eyes that some things uh, aren't necessarily – uh, good for you, you know, as far as the, your your life path goes, like you got to let some, some things go sometimes that you can't depend on. I lost my entire baseball season uh, and, and it's probably a way of uh, of pushing me to be like, hey, it's it's time to look for something a little bit more dependable. So that's kind of how I, my outlook has been. Uh, I'm not going to say I've lost friends, but I have also I've gained new friends the past uh, year of tw- in, in the past few months, we'll say, because I've discovered people that you know, have similar opinions to me, uh, much like our audience has kind of grown. I, I've, I've become friends with some people that I didn't think I'd be friends with and reached out and touched base with. So that has been a positive thing for me. As far as what I'm looking forward to, I think I speak for most people when, uh, when, when I'm just looking to New Year's Eve this year, uh, the, we can put 2020 behind us. I want to turn the page on the calendar uh, very badly. We may not have a, a cure by then. Life probably won't be normal, but I'm hoping the visual visually of, of turning the page on the calendar and bringing us the year 2021 that hopefully, uh, you know, that's a step in the right direction. So that's what I'm looking most forward to. That's my answer, Bill. Yeah. And there's a, there's a chicken in every basket too. <laughs> well, Bill, a couple more questions. Edwin wasn't the only guy who oh, we have more questions. We do. Oh, help you ready, man. Okay. That's what I'm saying. You took, all Seven right. minutes per question here. We'll, we'll see. You know what? We're not going anywhere. <laughs> no, we're not. to go. No, no. We got the nice air conditioning okay. in here. Yeah, well. Until Newsom cuts the power and uh, we have Great. blackouts. But uh, anyway, so Kevin Scarpio, the, the trainer, he's he's a big listener of the show. Kevin, my man. Kevin's with a Z at the Kevin, end. Kevin, I, I need a leg wrap. <laughs> Stat. <laughs> anyway, he sent me a picture, first of all. And uh, I had seen this earlier in the week, but I thought I'd share it with you. And it's just a little – just a little uh, – you know, quote or whatever, it says there's a 0.01% chance of rain. And I'm appalled that nobody outside is using their umbrella. Does that sound relatable at all, Bill, to uh, present times, if you will? It it, it certainly does. It certainly (laughs) does. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the statistics are absolutely pretty much a a match. Um, You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I really, I'm kind of speechless with that. Yeah. That's a really good uh, summation. Absolutely. However, I think that statistic would be better read in all fairness if we went outside and it was gloomy out. 
Okay. And that same thing was said because as we all know that during in this land of COVID, we're not looking at clear skies. Yes. There's doom and gloom everywhere. Sure, sure, sure. So if we walked outside and we, we got those stats and we got those, we, we got the, the, the chances that he just put said, yeah, I'm going with them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just like we do every day. Yeah. You know, we walk outside and we put our masks on and we play the game and um, it's not a fun game. In fact, if I'm in my car, obviously I don't wear it. Okay. I get out of the car. I go somewhere. Nine out of 10 times. I forget to put the son of a bitch on. And I get in the place and they yell at me because I don't have my fucking mask on. I have to say, I'm sorry. I turn around, I go get the mask and I come back in and there's 15 people ahead of me in line because my dumbass forgot the mask. So an- again, another problem in life with a mask is if you forget it, you're an asshole. Yeah. I don't put that thing on until absolutely necessary until I am almost walking in a door. That's just me. But yeah, we do have a lot of people out there with this umbrella concept when there's no raindrops and i know some people use umbrellas when it's hot out for shade uh we'll say like you said it's a little gloomy and there's no rain in sight well you know we all we all have fire extinguishers in our home and we sure (laughs) as hell don't want the fucking house to burn down but we still have a fire extinguisher in our house so let's live on the edge and not have one yeah there you go well bill kevin's kevin's with a z at the end is his official question we got another another question. This, this was his official question. Oh, that okay. was just a okay. fun little Good. little statement he All shared right. with me. But he said, uh, as we enter the middle of the COVID era in sports, uh, there seems to be new rules in every sport. Let's play the hypothetical game. What would be a rule change or game implementation you would adopt adapt into any sport, and how would that change the dynamic of the game? So it doesn't have to be. Uh, a COVID related rule bill. I think he's asking what were, what would be some rules in sports if you were commissioner uh, of those sports that you would implement and how did, would you see them affecting uh, the game? Okay. The first thing I would do in baseball <clears throat> and they've done it this year and I would do it forever and ever and ever double headers are seven innings. Permanent. 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 Yes. Permanent. Yes. Permanent. And I would, I would do away with this extra inning bullshit because none of the teams know how to fucking Get the guy, but the guy over to third to get a cheap run and win the game. Yeah. Everybody put a runner at second base with nobody out and the angels, especially and the angels of all fucking teams who need runs and need, need wins. They they have the losingest record in major league baseball right now. They put the guy at second and they have some punching Judy hitter up there that's swinging from his heels instead of butting the guy over. Okay. Mike Trout can't bat in each in, 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 in every, in, in, in every nine, all yeah. nine spots. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's, an, that's, an, that's a sham. That's atrocious. So I would, I would do away with that double headers, seven innings. Um, I would eliminate mound visits. Ooh, I like that one. Eliminate mound visits. Yeah. Okay. When a football coach pulls his quarterback he doesn't go out to the, to the huddle and do it. He just sends some son of a bitch in there to replace the other guy. Well, he doesn't go give him a pep talk no. either before no, you know, the No, he doesn't go out there play. and say, hey, nice job, pal. Well, if you did such a nice job, why are you pulling me? Yeah, exactly. Okay? Just, you know, point and have the guy run in from the bullpen. The, the, the other guy gives him a ball or he leaves it on, on the rubber. Yeah. He gets the hell out of there. I like okay? it. Okay? No more mound visits for that. Okay. No more mound visits. Cause a lot of time it's a stall tactic anyway. Correct. Come on. Correct. Speed up the game. People, Let's go. I mean, 
I mean, we know games. I mean, back 30 years ago, the average time of a baseball game was probably two hours and 25 minutes, two hours and 20 minutes. 30, 40 years ago, it was two hours and 15 minutes. Now it's three hours and God only knows how long. Mm-hmm. A, you've got everything. Every game is televised and you have the advertisement time. That is not going to go anywhere because as we all know, uh, the money comes from advertisers. The only reason they're playing ball this year is for money. Okay. It's not for the fans, obviously, because there aren't any. Okay. So that's not going anywhere. However, there are ways you can speed up the fucking game. All right. Um, mound visits are bullshit. Even though Joe Madden this year is running to the mound, you know, which I like. I think Joe is a pretty good guy when it comes to going along with, with what he's supposed to do. You know, he wears that mask up around into his eyes, you know, <laughs> and he's like the, you know, the Lone Ranger out there, you know, I'm waiting for him to put, you know, a Lone Ranger mask on too, as he should the way they fucking plan, <laughs> you know, their pitching staff is just atrocious. Yeah. I mean, they could not, you know, they couldn't get college of the Redwoods out. <laughs> All right. They're bad. They are bad. Yeah. Bad. Even even Tim Salmon, all the angel announcers, Jose Moda, who doesn't have a mean bone in his body, nice, nice man, was capping on him how bad they are. Yeah. Just how absolutely horseshit and atrocious their pitching staff is. No kidding. What what about some other and you've 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 umpired plenty. Every time you go out there, you hear what they're saying, you're like, really, you're wasting time to say these things. Come on, speed it up. They're waiting well, for me to come out there I and know. say, Hey, hey, Joe. Yeah. What are you going to do? Stick with the right hand or are you going to the bullpen? And they'll, they'll say, well, I don't know, Bill. Don't know. You want me to make the decision up for you? Give me the lefty. Yeah. All right. Sure. Come on. Throw yeah. it, Save us the trouble. Throw right. it in the gap. That's where the ball's going anyway. Right. Um, okay. A couple other sports. I mean, I don't know. You're not this world-renowned uh, sports expert, but a couple. you know football. You know basketball a little bit. Any, any thoughts to some rules, rule changes you'd like to see? Oh, gosh. Football, I would, t- I would, I would go with um, eliminate the helmets. I like that. We don't wear helmets anymore. Mm-hmm. Can't hit them in the head. You, you can't, can't use lead, your head. If you're going to lead with your head, you're going to shit in a bag the rest of your life. Okay? <laughs> so if you're smart, you're not going to use your helmet to tackle somebody. Okay? And guys want to be noticed anyway. What's the first fucking thing they do when they make an interception, recover a fumble, or score a touchdown? They take their fucking headgear off because they want all everybody to see them. Yeah. Okay? Guess what? We're not wearing helmets anymore. Everybody's going to be able to see you. Yeah. When, you, when you're horseshit, they're going to see how horseshit you are, not just when you make a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Eliminate the helmets. Eliminate them. I like it. Eliminate them. Simple. We're, we're ball caps. <laughs> Why not? I think it's a great idea. It's a great idea. It would teach some better tackling techniques for sure and uh, would be safe. Yes. Eliminate Please. the helmets. Oh, man. That's great stuff. Uh, what would I do as far as as far as far a rule change? Uh I don't know. I would make stricter pe- – me being the game manager, I always look at it this way. I would make things – I would be more strict with with policies as far as sportsmanlike issues. Never going to happen. Yeah, it'll never, it would never happen. Never happen. But because I, our commissioners are pussies. Okay. Yeah. They're going to go with the flow. They're going to be They're going to be the politicians. They're going to say one thing and do another, just like they've done in baseball, mm-hmm. where they said, no arguments, guys. We're getting more ejections this year. Uh-huh. Okay. And they say, no, no spitting. I see guys spit all the time. They're going to say social distancing. Guys aren't social distance. No, it's, it's all Bud Black last night. Buddy Black came out and argued a a bot call with no mask on. How dare he? I'd have have ejected him right off the bat just for that. (laughs) Regardless if he was right, wrong or indifferent. You're coming. You're endangering my life, bud. 
How do I know you're not asymptomatic? You you are putting my life in danger. Oh boy. I would have ejected him immediately. <laughs> oh, Bill. Good stuff. Um, I definitely would make some uh some type of uh mercy rule in sports, whether you know it's gotta be something extreme like, all right, football, as soon as you're up 50 points, game's over, or something like that. Uh some of these games because we've seen only bad things happen in blowouts. There's only bad things that happen. No, no major records are broken. Any of that stuff. You no, because you're, you you've usually pulled your starters, mm-hmm. and you've got your your second and third uh, line guys playing, and yeah, it's garbage time. Definitely, uh, definitely. Well, Bill, let's get to our final question from our one of our listeners, and this is a this is a rather serious question. So uh, prepare yourself. This is from Todd Carson. You know Todd. I do know uh, Todd. He used to umpire for you a little bit. Great guy. Yes, absolutely. Up in Northern California these days. Um, serious question. I, I kind of double checked with Todd on this and he said, yeah, go ahead and ask. I said, okay. Uh, he says, Matt and Bill, I'm looking to get a gun to protect my family at home in case of intruders. Any thoughts on what I should get? What do you think, Bill? Well, get something that a, you know how to use. Okay. And you practice with it often, whether you go to a target range out in the mountain, the mountains, out in the hills, and I don't know how old his kids are. Okay. Very young. Probably all four kids, probably all less than six. Okay. Keep it where they can't get to it. Mm-hmm. Keep it where they can't get to it, but you want to make sure you can get to it. If the shit hits the fan. Okay. Um, put it in a place. And I don't, I don't know the guys, uh, you know, I don't know the guys make uh, layout of his house or anything. But he knows. Put it somewhere they that they a will never go, and mm-hmm. b they can't get it. Okay. Um, if if you want, there's nothing more frightening and intimidating than the sound of you racking a shotgun, racking the round into a shotgun. It's an unmistakable noise. Whereas if some, you know, recalcitrant has kicked in your door. And you have your shotgun, the simple racking of it. And God forbid, if you have to use it, mm-hmm. usually the racking of it is enough for a deterrent where the person's going to make a beeline and get out of there. Yeah. If it's a simple burglar that's come in, doesn't think you're home, but you are home. You know, the simple racking of a shotgun is a very intimidating and ominous sound to most folks. And- now, if it's something above that, then you know, you're going to have to, you know, do business and something, I mean, a lot of folks, there's two, there's two different theories on this. A lot of folks say, get a, get a revolver mm-hmm. because a revolver won't jam on you because if you don't shoot a lot, a, a automatic, a semi-automatic handgun will sometimes jam a jammed weapon. You might as well stow it in your ass. It does you no good. Yeah. However, a revolver is usually pretty, reliable and it's got six rounds in it. And if you need more than six rounds to put somebody down it with that are 10 feet of you, then you, you know, you're in trouble yeah. anyway. So yes, the important, whatever, whatever weapon you get. Okay. Be proficient with it. Know how to tear it down, know how to clean it, know how to load it. And for God's sakes, keep it away from kids. Have it in a place where they can't get to it. 
If you have to lock it up somewhere, then by God, lock it up, but have the key ready that only you know where it's at in case of an emergency. Don't let them know where the key's at. Yeah. Very safe, but accessible. Yes. And, safe, but accessible. And uh, yeah, you, you can't, you can't overtrain with it. It's a tool. It's a tool. It's not a toy. And I think, you know, Todd knows this. Many other listeners and, know and, this. You but- know, I would even go as far as saying, get yourself a gun case. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a gun case, but know where that key's at and ha- and do not let kids know where that key's at. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something only, only uh, for your knowledge. And, right. and I agree with you, the shotgun. I think that's something that most people can use. Yes. And, and there's a reason it's yes. kind of been the consistent yes. defense yes. weapon, yes. you know, for families yes. and such. Yes. And it, like I say, the simple racking of one mm-hmm. where you're racking around into it, it's coming, you know, usually have, you know, it's, it's, you, 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 it comes in a sleeve of, of four to six rounds. You have to load them one at a time. Um, you put that round in you rack it, And that's usually a deterrent enough for someone who is contemplating bad things. And if they know what's good for them, they will retreat. Yes. No, that's well said. Well, uh, well, uh, Todd Carson, thank you for your question. Great question, Todd. I hope uh, I wish question. you the best on that. And uh, like I say, just keep it away from the kids. <laughs> Definitely. Or uh, if you're, or if your wife's angry with you, keep it the hell away from her too. <laughs> oh boy, I, I just can't be serious all the time. No, no, you can't all no, the time. I, gotta, I mean, come on, I got to throw a joke. You're in one of in you're one of those one percenters at uh, serious times. Well, good stuff. No, I, I I appreciate that, Bill, and I know Todd does. Uh, Edwin Ixta, thank you for your Twitter. Edwin, always good, always good stuff from Edwin. Keep, Love Edwin. Keep it coming in. And, and the trainer, Kevin's. You know what? Kevin's Carpio. Thank you. I love you. it. I love it. See, these are good. These are good things for you. You see, Bill, you're getting, if you ever do need a medic up in the Victorville area, then you know who to call. And, is that and where, is that where the, the, he, the trainer is? He's, he's in Victorville? At, uh, Kevin's. He's up in Adelanto. Oh, great. Adelanto hey, High gar- garden spot of the world. <laughs> you get up there often, I'm sure. Only passing through. <laughs> no, I kid about it. I'm sure it's a lovely town. Uh, you know, I mean. No, I'm usually on the 15 freeway going right through it very, very fast. (laughs) Well, Bill, in recent news, we've had a few things happen over the weekend and the past week. Um, A couple days ago, it was Sunday, I believe, there was a officer-involved shooting in Wisconsin, and uh, the suspect who was shot by police. His name was Jacob Blake. Um, I don't know if you've seen the video or not, but it's it's definitely brought some uh, fireworks, I'd say. A lot of rioting in Wisconsin because of it. Um, what are your comments right now uh, as far as what you've seen in the video regarding the shooting in Wisconsin? Well, it's an ugly, it's an ugly, uh, it's an ugly video all the way around. Ugly because... And again, I wasn't there. I am second guessing the officers only on the video I've seen and what I've read about. Okay. So with that said, I'm doing it on a very, very piecemeal basis. What I saw and what I've heard is that they were called out to a domestic situation. The officers got there. Now, if that's true, if that's true, let me go through, let me go through it step by step. Sure. You've got a call of a domestic situation, man versus female, or any type of domestic situation. If he is, uh, if, if it's insinuated that he is the suspect, you have every right in the world to handcuff him immediately and detain him. 
just as he would the woman if she was if they were if they were co-combatants yeah hook them both up that's enough cause to get the call to get a call from absolutely you want to maintain control of the scene the handcuffs come on and guess what they have this thing called a key a handcuff key and you can simply put that into the handcuff and take them off and release said individual or individuals when you're done just because they come on doesn't mean that they are guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. They are being detained. Detained. Look up the look up detained in the dictionary. It means you are not basically in copland. It, it means you are not free to leave until the investigation is complete. If the police would have done that when they first got there, we wouldn't be talking about this. Okay. All right. Again, again. Just on what I've read and what I've seen. Okay, that didn't happen, obviously. They let this guy kind of run amok a little bit, run around. They pulled their guns. They pulled They pulled him by the shirt. He was able to get into his car. Okay, you've got to ask yourself, why is he getting into his car? Is he going to sh- try to shoot it out with the three or four cops that were there? You don't know. You don't know what is what. You don't know if it's suicide by cop at that point. You don't know what it is. So you have a situation that has spiraled out of control on you. You've allowed this individual to get at least one arm into the car, and now you shoot him seven times in the back. Not a good situation. They're very lucky. Everyone involved, especially Mr. Blake, is it? Jacob Blake. Okay. Is lucky he's alive. Yes. uh... Okay. So with that said, it's my personal feeling from having experienced this as a cop is that not all regions of the country are well-trained as others. We in Southern California, at least up until when I was working, I don't know what's happened since, but we are very well-trained in officer safety techniques. We're very well-trained in what we can and cannot do as far as what a lawful detention is, what an unlawful detention is. I would rather have an unlawful detention and that person walk away alive Mm -hmm. than have a lawful detention where it turns to shit and you kill them. Yes. Uh, And and Bill, I'm not sure if you have seen the the original footage that came out Sunday night was uh, from across the street, basically looking uh, at this van from the driver's side. Yes. The uh, Mr. Blake walked from the passenger side around the front of the car as the police were Mm -hmm. walking behind him, looked like they were drawn and telling him. Well, they had a piece of his shirt. The, The guy was running out of his shirt at some point in time in police work, at least back when I, I'm just going on my experience, is that there was a time long, long ago, once upon a time, you actually put hands on people and you tackled them and you put them on the ground and you handcuffed them, okay? And you detained them. And if that's what you need to do, then fucking do it. Don't let them, don't let them dictate what you do. Yes. That I, situation was dictated by Mr. Blake and Mr. Blake was shot. Yes. And if he'd have done what the fuck he was told to do and stop and not go into the car, again, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Oh, that's 100%. So we've got two, we have two grave errors there. A, that the police, and there was enough of them there to put handcuffs on him. Okay. And Mr. Blake, when he wasn't handcuffed, still decided to uh, do as he wanted. 
Yes. And I, I do want to say, Bill, so the footage came out on Sunday and it was from across the street. There's also been some more footage um, that I'm having you look at right now that basically the altercation, whatever you want to call it, started near the rear passenger side of the vehicle that we saw in the video. It was definitely physical. It looks like one officer is trying to uh, detain him, as you said, has mm -hmm. his hands on him. The other officer is kind of bouncing around, not sure what to do. Maybe there's some people there. He's trying to keep them back. At some point, Blake gets away from those guys, and that's when he starts walking around to the other side of the car. And both police officers are pursuing him, and he opens his door. I don't, you can't hear anything, but there was definitely a physical altercation right before he then walked away trying to get to the drivers the, around the van to the driver's side of his van, either to flee or get something. I don't know, but there's enough in the second video that shows this wasn't just the cops walking up to him and saying, Hey, stop. And then shot him. No, I, 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 I can see that there's a, some type of, uh, of altercation, a resistance taking place at the rear right wheel of the car wheel. Well, he gets away and he's going into his um, driver's side. I do count three officers there. One of which who's just standing there doing, doing not doing a fucking thing. Yeah. Um, and she is just standing there not doing anything while the other two are trying to, you know, subdue him. Sometimes, you know what? I was trained that if you're going to win a fight, if you can't do it yourself, you're going to get as many people there as you can to win the fight. You had three officers there. Three officers should have been able, in my opinion, to at least pin this guy on the ground and not lead to the actions that occurred. Again, I'm being overcritical of my brethren yes. because I see a mis mistakes being made here, okay, on their part. I'm not even commenting on this what, what he did as far as making mistakes. I'm being hard on the people that I, you know, my profession here because I see that some procedures weren't followed. Mm -hmm. You've got, again, you've got the one officer who's not, who's, who's just dancing around yelling at people, get in there and help your guys out. Okay. There's there. That's, I see a problem there. He was able to get away from these two officers and they immediately pull their guns. You know, there are tactics where you tackle people, leg sweep them. You know, if you have to, um, you know, hit him with a stick. Tase them. I don't know. You know, there's other now, things. Now that said, Bill, don't, don't you think there's a hesitation maybe now because of what's happened the past few months? I mean, uh, I, I don't want to, you know, belittle, you know, talk, just, you know, keep talking about this, but the George Floyd situation, that was a physical situation. There were no guns involved. So, so don't you think maybe there's this hesitation from some guys uh, in police definitely who, who as far as putting their hands on guys maybe it's too much but if you don't do it enough like in this situation the guy gets away and then you end up it, having it's a almost a damned if you do damned if you don't yeah but i will say this and i've told young recruits friends of mine's kids that have gone on and become cops don't let public service don't let don't let um customer service get in the way of officer safety do not let customer service get in the way of you going home safe and alive at the end of the shift. So with that said, I would rather be judged later and be alive yeah. than unfortunately not being around because I let my guard down. 
These officers, in my opinion, and again, I'm being ultra, ultra, uh, uh, you know, critical of these guys because I saw mistakes. It shouldn't have led to that. Well, Bill, I, I got to imagine you, you work. Police- if you have to, Matt, I mean, look, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Okay. Dairy capital of the world or cheese or whatever the fuck they fix up there. Okay. I never knew it was that it would be a place where, you know, it's not like downtown LA. All right. These cops, if you're a cop, I don't give a shit if you're a cop in downtown LA or in Bangor, Maine. All right. You're a cop. You wear a gun. You are the last, you are that thin blue line between mm-hmm. c- civility and anarchy. You need to have yourself in shape. I've, I've talked about this before. Be in fucking shape. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't be a fat fuck. Don't be, don't be carrying around 70 extra pounds. Don't be, don't, don't be that guy or that girl. Get yourself in shape. Be able to handle yourself. Maybe the guy looked at these three and go, what a bunch of fuck sticks. I can beat them all up. And maybe that's why he did what he did. Yeah. You know, have some physical presence to you. Have you been in this exact situation that you saw with, with uh, a suspect and uh, that you guys had to be physical with and then try to get away like that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And what you do. And again, I saw, I see what I just saw a lack of training. You, you, you know what you pin them to the ground. Mm-hmm. You use your body weight on them You've got two other officers there with you. In this situation, you have one and one just standing there. Okay. You need, you know, put your bodies to good use, pin them down. And at some point in time, they're going to submit. Okay. And you're going to, they're going to go along with the program, cuff them up. Mm-hmm. All right. Again, maybe not easier said than done. And maybe I'm, maybe this guy, I, I, maybe there's something I don't know. But yeah. what I've seen and what I've heard, this could have been handled tactically a whole lot better. Now let's go, let's fast forward to the fact that the guy's reaching into a car and you don't know what he's reaching in for is the shooting justified at that point. Yes, but it shouldn't have reached that point. I got you. Yeah. That makes is sense this criminal? Me. No. Is it tactically bad from what I've seen and what I've heard? Yes. And I've seen a, I've seen a lot of those in my career. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. I've seen a lot of tactically bad shootings that resulted from shit planning, shit training, but it's not criminal. They didn't conspire to kill this guy. That's my, that's guy. my biggest problem, Bill. And I, I got to say that as society, I'm a civilian, you're a former cop. I can't speak on the law enforcement side of things, but I can speak from a civilian. We have to do a better job of, it's not submission. It's just listening and, and doing what we can control. And in this situation, uh, you know, Mr. Blake didn't do that. And I just hate this narrative, this theory, whatever you want to call it. The cops are just going out and hunting people. It's just not true. Right. I mean, I can see the other side a little bit because when I was in Laughlin, you know, I got the, 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 the mask and the distance police came up to me and told me <laughs> that I had to move away from my friend who was, who was, playing video poker and i thought this is fucking bullshit so i didn't like fight the guy yeah. i didn't you know try to like you know be mad be, an but, be mad but listen but i did what i was told yeah i was i was i was less than than cordial about doing it yeah. <laughs> but, but i did it understood okay? well well i i wanted to get your comments on this and i know there's a lot of crazy things going on with law enforcement these days, but thought it was uh, relevant. So thank you for sharing your, your thoughts regarding that. Um, let's talk about something. What do you want to talk about? Yeah. How, how's your beloved media doing these days? Well, they're assholes. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, 
like like the late great George Carlin said, it's bullshit and it's bad for you. And that's the media. <laughs> okay? It's bullshit and it's bad for you. Let me tell you something. I was watching some George Carlin footage the other day. Legend. Absolutely a legend before he's he's predicting things that are coming through now. <laughs> And he's been dead since 2008, I think, mm -hmm. or nine. He's been dead over 10 years. And that guy, I mean, he was the one that said, you know, there's a big group of people somewhere running things in the whole world, and you ain't part of them. <laughs> well, guess what? Soros is one of those guys. Yeah. Okay? He's right. Just like he said in, in the episode I saw that, you know what? The government does not care about you. The government could give two shits about you they don't care he's absolutely right he's absolutely right you know i mean he was a pot smoking liberal i get it okay yeah. but so what he was correct i love listening to his to his uh work he also said quite interestingly that um a lot of things that you know go down as far as they want to tax you. They want to take your social security. They're coming for you. They're coming for your Medicare because the, you know, and, and that's what's happening. If the Democrats get their way, which he was one of, that's what's going to happen. Although in George's defense, he said, I don't vote. Therefore I can talk shit about the people that get in office. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't support them. I like that. So either way, he's got ammunition. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So about the press, here's, the, here's something that really pisses me off, is that last week the beloved Democrats had their virtual convention and they put their people up there to talk and they put their, their complete shitbird uh, uh, singers and actors and actresses who don't know jack shit about jack shit other than the fact that they get, they're overpaid for perf being a performer, okay? Yes, they're entitled to their opinions, but their opinions are bullshit. Okay. Now they glorified these people. The press did. Okay. They glorified. But your first thing is to report. Your job is to report the news first. Well, they're reporting it with a, with a, with a horrendous left slant. Heroes, okay? the heroes. Yes. In the, in the democratic yes. convention. Yes. None of them, none of them will say, none of them will take up, take on the Democrats and say that, well, Miss Harris, uh, are you? You're you're not African American. You're Jamaican and Indian. Let me tell you something. If Trump tried to play himself off as Italian, or or <laughs> God only knows what, they'd be all up his ass. Yeah. Okay. They pick and choose their battles, just like when they have these these uh, press conferences. No one takes on Gavin Newsom. Mm -mm. They bow at his feet on these these. Uh, these these press conferences they had same thing with that fucker garcetti in la they bow at his feet mm -hmm. and when when our president goes they take him on they're combative they're outright rude and also with his uh press uh, secretary miss uh uh what's her oh, Kaylee. Mac Mac yeah. yeah you know and she dishes it right back she takes no bullshit which i like about her Oh yeah. She, she's that, she's like that umpire that yells back at someone yeah. yelling at them. And then, yeah. and then the, the dugout or the team's like, whoa, whoa, you can't do that. Only we can do that. Well, yeah, no, it's a two-sided, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a two-way street here. Oh, people. we know the game they it's play. It's two ways. Yeah. Okay. And you know, you'll be, you know, I listened the, the two hour car ride I had home. I decided <laughs> instead of listening to music, I turned on some, some talk radio and there are some very conservative 
people out there, there was a, I can't remember their names, but I, I don't generally listen to KFI, but I listened to them on the ride home last night. And there was this, whoever was replacing John and Ken for the week, cause they're mm-hmm. on vacation or God only knows what they're doing, but they were out outright just brutal of Newsom, And I loved it. <laughs> and um, they had this reporter, Steve Gregory, who likes to, to ask questions at the news conference of the health uh, people, the health report that they give every day in LA, he's basically been shushed. They don't even, they don't even take his calls anymore because I guess one of the, the uh, he caught one of the uh, LA County supervisors taking a free ride on a helicopter and was going to expose it. And now he's persona non grata with their press conferences. So he was late. He was filleting them pretty good. And I loved it. On the other hand, you get up in the morning and I usually like to watch channel five news. Well, fuck them. I'm done with them. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because the 11 o'clock gal, there's a gal named Lou Parker, who is the most self-centered, egotistical, narcissistic, former beauty queen. And I say former beauty queen because she ain't a beauty now. And she used to live with the former governor, or I'm sorry, the former uh, mayor of Los Angeles, Mr. Villaraigosa. So she's tasted the Democratic, literally tasted the Democratic pungent odor of, of, of that party. And she still likes it because there was a the other day there was there was a report and, and it was showing Trump talk. And when the when the uh, when the sound came back on, she was calling him a turd. What's happened to him? Kind of like with Tom Brennerman. Tom Brennerman. Oh, yeah. Okay, which is a whole nother deal. (laughs) Okay, she called the man a turd. She called the president of the United States a turd. And what did Channel 5 do to her? Just like when they did to her when she was reportedly caught stealing um, AirPods in LAX years ago. She she swiped some AirPods at a... um, This is the same person? Same person. Same person. Not only is she a kleptomaniac, allegedly, but she's a big mouth. She's a fat mouth. She's a big fat mouth. And I don't like her. And I don't like Channel 5 because they didn't do anything to her. Okay. And then this morning they're reporting about the Republican convention and they're bad mouthing the shit out of the Republicans saying they're over the top. They're loud. They're zealous. Blah, blah, blah. You know what? Report the fucking news. Be consistent. You know why nobody, you know why there's no such thing as a reporter anymore, Matt? Because they're all talking heads. They're all beautiful people. They go to college they get their degree in communication. They probably bang their way to the top if they're a female. <laughs> and I'm not signaling. I'm just being, I'm not saying anybody in particular. Okay. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying maybe as, who knows? It could happen. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> okay. They have a pretty face. They got not a, they don't have a fucking brain. One, but they're going to be told how to slant the news. And most of the time, those type folks are liberals and that's why there's so many liberals in the news media now that are trying their damnedest to get joe biden elected so i don't watch channel five anymore good i you. have i have good completely shut them out. i don't like channel five i love henry DiCarlo. i met the guy at a cal state florida baseball game nice man signed a baseball for him nice man sorry henry can't watch you anymore because you associate yourself with a bunch of fucking assholes and I'm not going to watch you anymore. So therefore, guess what I watch? I'll go over to Channel 11. They're a Fox affiliate. Okay. And they got Stu Mundell in the helicopter. I like Stu. So I'm watching them now. 
Fuck Channel 5. <laughs> well, there's plenty of other channels, Bill, that uh, do this slant This slant you're talking about. It's left-leaning. It's just it's inconsistent. And look, I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend there's not a right slant on some channels as well, but the overwhelming very majority. Few, it's, very few. It's not even close. Fox, New, Fox News Channel is about the only one, and they're pretty, they're pretty center, okay? They got a guy, Chris Wallace, on there. Chris Wallace works for Fox. He doesn't like Trump. No. He doesn't like Trump, and he works for a channel that likes him. Fox News gets accused of this extreme right-wingness. Bullshit. No. It's, they're just calling it like it is. Yeah, and they, be, they look that way at times because of the insane how left everything else is. So, sure, that looks extreme compared to, compared to the left, the, the mainstream media. So I'm with you. I mean, CNN, all this fact checking during the Republican convention. Where was this last week? What they, they lie and they don't? Come because on. Because the Democrats live off lies and, innu and innuendos. They live off fantasy bullshit. Okay. They are wrong. They are complete ass clowns. <laughs> well, you, you talked about, uh, you know, uh, I hate seeing his name even, Governor Newsom. Uh, you talked about the Republican convention and somebody who made uh, pretty big news, had a pretty uh, passionate speech, we'll say, was Kimberly Guilfoyle. Uh, I know she now dates Donald Trump Jr., but at one time she was the wife, correct, of our California Governor Gavin Newsom. They were married. Which they I were married. cannot believe. Once again, just like just like Lou Parker, she got a taste of the Democratic uh, uh kool-aid and she spit it out <laughs> and she left and now she's with the right team she left a loser now she's with a winner okay <laughs> um she gave, gave a great speech last night friends of mine on facebook said that that leaned to the left hard said that she needs anger management of course and yeah. that she's what else are they gonna say of course what else are they gonna say they're not attacking her substance they're talking they're attacking the way she came across, loud and aggressive. So what? That's what we need. That's what we need. Yeah. Well, if a former first lady does it on the Democratic side, it's it's uh, it's heroic. It's yeah, right. how how amazing right. look, the passion. And again, and again, it's the media feeding into that oh, bullshit. It's, okay. It's there are no Walter Cronkites anymore. Yeah. Here, the difference between the media nowadays and the media back 40, 50 years ago is those guys – and I will say guys, because 90% of them were men back then, they were journalists. They went to college and got a degree in journalism, not how to, you know, put makeup on and look pretty and, and, and look at it and, and read shit in a teleprompter. Okay. These guys, they were journalists. They were fair-minded journalists, just like talk shows back 30, 40 years ago. Johnny Carson, he wouldn't be like Jimmy Kimmel nowadays. No. Or, 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 or God forbid that fucking Colbert. <laughs> Okay. All right. Even, you know, Dick Cavett, um, you know, even Joey Bishop when he had a show, even, um, you know, Pat Sajak for a short time. And, um, you know, as bad as he was, Chevy Chase, they all had TV uh, talk shows and they were there to talk to their guests, interview them, be funny, not have some editorial about how fucked up your president is. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. I, I roll my eyes at it all the time. Uh, two quick two quick uh, thoughts and stories, Bill. Uh, two weeks ago, on uh, one of my favorite sports radio shows, Outkick the Coverage, great show. Clay Travis he had on President Trump, and it was pretty cool hearing him talk to President Trump about sports uh, all day. That's an early morning show. All day, all the media did was dissect Trump's comments 
on the sports radio show. And they, you know, CNN as as big of a joke as they are. And it was just all day. Everything he said was twisted the wrong one way or another. Uh, So, so that was uh, something I thought about, but also, I don't know if you heard this, did you hear, I don't know when it was, I should find out, but it was, I think it was Monday morning and president Trump was addressing the media. And one of the first things he said to the media was something along the lines of, uh, Hey guys, hope you hope you guys enjoyed your convention. Uh, referring to the Democrats. I love that stuff. Yep. It sticks it right at yes. it. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it says Absolutely. it how it is too. He's not presidential and that's fine with me. Okay. Look, I didn't vote for him the last time to be a nice guy. I'm not going to vote for him this time to be a nice guy. I don't want a nice guy being my president. If he's an asshole, he's our asshole. And if he's making it a better place, the United States for me to live, I don't give a shit how much of an asshole he is or how unpresidential he is. I don't care about that shit. Okay. I want somebody taking care of business, making the economy good, making life, um, making life for me in the United States. Good. Bringing down my taxes, making my borders safe, doing the things that he says he's going to do. All right. Joe Biden has been in politics for almost 50 years. What the fuck has he done? Yeah. He's been a politician 47 years. Yeah. That's all he's done. Yeah. He's, He's made a living on, being elected right. and doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it, it's fun. It's just, <clears throat> you, you're right on, you're dead on, on that, on the whole nice guy thing. Okay. Now, in some cases, nice guys finish last. We've heard that in other areas of life. And you know what, when you have to combat something as extreme and violent as the left, whether it be the media, the people out there writing, uh, all these angry, nasty people, uh, you have to fight fire with fire at times. I'm sorry, you just do. And they hate him specifically for that. You bring a knife, we bring a gun. They bring a gun, we bring a bazooka. <laughs> okay? Simply put. Well, Bill, I know you are, you you like hearing a good controversial story, right? You like hearing maybe a good controversial topic. If I didn't have controversy in my life, I I, I wouldn't be alive. Okay. (laughs) I wake up with controversy every morning and I go to bed with it every night. So I've got to, yes. Tell me, what do you got? Well, I, I know you're not much of a hockey guy. However, I don't think the sport is relevant. It's more, uh, the story that happened here. There was a a NBC sports analyst. His name was Mike Milbury. Um, he has actually stepped down from his role. Uh, during the Stanley Cup playoffs because of something he said. And before I get to what he said, I I, I just want to say a few things uh, that have been quoted regarding what he said, uh, just to kind of paint the picture of how bad his comments were. Uh, This is from Mike Milbury himself. In light of the attention caused by my recent remark, I have decided to step away from my role at NBC Sports for the remainder of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I do not want my presence to interfere with the athletes as they try to win the greatest trophy in sports. So that is uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Mike Milbury uh, making comments as to what he said. Uh, it's got to be something pretty bad, right? According to it better be pretty egregious. Yeah. Okay. Here's a statement from the NHL, the national hockey league, the national hockey league condemns the insensitive and insulting comment that Mike Milbury made during last night's broadcast. And we have communicated our feelings to NBC. The comment did not reflect the NHL's values and commitment 
to making our game more inclusive and welcoming to all. That was NHL's comment. Don't you think this is going to be a pretty bad comment? This guy okay, said. What did what did this recalcitrant to say here? This better this is this this better be earth shattering and 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 just god awful. Right up there with the with the comment of uh, Tom Brenneman here. What what, what happened? Yeah, we will definitely. We can't defend Tom Brenneman. No, no, but, you can't. But okay, go ahead. Tom Brenneman, that was that was really stupid what he did. Well, anyway, uh, Mike Milbury here and analyst uh, Brian Bosher uh, were discussing competitive advantages in the hockey bubble, you know, much like the NBA, the NHL is not at one location, but two locations. The Western conference is in Vancouver and the Eastern is in Toronto um, in the whole bubble atmosphere, same hotel, all that stuff. Right. So they were discussing that. Uh, this is a uh, Bosher, Brian Bosher, what he was saying. He says, quote, if you think about it, it's a terrific environment with regards to if you enjoy playing and enjoy being with your teammates for long periods of time, it's a perfect place. And he said this during uh, game five, um, the New York Islander, Islanders series, as they were clinching victory. Um, so, you, so you're with me still so far, Bill? Here yeah, comes the you're comment. Putting, you're putting me to sleep here. Here comes give me, the give comment. Me some, give me something juicy, will you? Here comes the big comment, the right. controversial comment okay. from Mr. Mike Milbury. Quote, not even any woman here to disrupt your concentration. That's it? That's it. Okay. That is the controversial comment that – NBC, NHL, and sports in general says was sexist and inappropriate uh, that Mike Milbury said that. Now, I don't know about Mike Milbury or his history of things, but I can tell you that statement right there, uh, you're reaching pretty far if you think that's a sexist comment, in my opinion. Sexist comment is when you say that if a female coach on a Major League Baseball team should be has no business being a coach other than to hand out juice boxes. <laughs> Wait okay. a minute. Wait a minute. All right. Now, I own that. I said it. It was 99% joke. Okay. J-O-K-E. Four-letter word, joke. And I explained that ad nausea. Now, now, if I just said that, if I worked, if I worked for Major League Baseball or anybody, anybody that had a show, a radio broadcast, TV broadcast, anything where I had a boss, I'd be fired. But here's the beauty of our show, Matt. We're the bosses. Amen. You're the, we're not, we can't get fired. We've got job protection. Yes, we do. Okay. So unfortunately, Milberry says this. I don't, I find it. Here's how I, here's how I, I kind of uh, comprehend what the statement he said. It was kind of tongue in cheek as in, you know what? These guys, it's, it's a guy thing. Uh, there's no women here to distract them because women are cute, women are pretty, and they may want to go and, you know, flirt with them, have fun with them, which is what we do in life. We're fucking men. Yeah. Okay. Since when is that frowned upon? Uh, it's unbelievable. Okay. Now, and for God's sakes, you know, kind of went the Islanders way with, you know, sexual Congress come into play. two periods for that but that is just so completely uncalled for, all right, according offense, to the NHL. It, seems as if it was said in a way where, hey, these guys are, are, are staying uh, completely in tune. They're, they're completely focused on the task at hand, and there are no women here to break their concentration. Just like saying there are no ping pong tables here for them to play, or there are no basketball hoops for them to play. It's, it's just they're adjectives at this point in time. 
But you know how okay? you know how men are, Bill. Like men, and and I'm sure women also. If the women had a had a, a bubble of some kind and there were no men there, yeah, they probably would want to be. Well, out the WNBA flip. wouldn't matter because they all like each other. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe a bad example. But and see now, if I said that, oh, fired again. I'm fired again. Oh. <laughs> I rehired you. Okay, great. Here's the beauty of having your own show. You can say whatever the fuck you want, and you don't have to worry about it. People just say, oh, this guy's an asshole, and they turn you off. Who are they going to bitch to? Who are they going to complain to? Unfortunately for Millberry, you know, the NHL caved in. We have, a, we have a young lady in our studio audience today, and let's ask her. Let's ask her. Ma'am, do you find that comment offensive? And this brings me to Carter Hart as well. Say it louder. This is a woman. She doesn't find it offensive. A woman here to disrupt your concentration. What do people think that means? Like, that's what I'm trying to say. What do, what do people think that means? You no, know, we're doing a show here with a lovely lady. Am I being distracted? Yes. Okay. All right. Let's just say for the sake of argument, I know this will never happen, but let's say we're doing the, the, the show here. And she decides to go into the kitchen and um, and 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 cook uh, uh, and cook stuff up without any clothes on. Am I going to be distracted? You're goddamn right, I am. Okay, so that's maybe what Millbury's talking about. Who knows? Women distract men. That's been going on since Adam and fucking Eve. Yeah, are you supposed to go okay. in and, and That is not a comment worthy of the poor fucker to have to quit. Okay, just like years ago, I don't know if you remember this, Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. Despise him, as, as, as Newman said. But anyway, Keith Hernandez was an announcer for the Mets, as we all know. I love Keith Hernandez. A lot of people don't like him. He's a crass, arrogant fuck. But I like guys like that because they remind me of me. Okay? Now, Keith Hernandez, he's the guy when he was playing, would fire up a fire up a, 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 a heater, a cigarette, take a puff, take a puff, couple puffs, put the, put the cigarette on the dugout, go out, get in the on-deck circle, sneak back, take another puff, and go up, ground out, First thing you do, come back, throw his helmet, get pissed off, break his bat, and go right back into the cigarette. Now, that is the epitome of being a cool baseball player. Love it. Love it. Now, Keith Hernandez, when he was an announcer for the for the Mets, they were in San Diego, I believe. San Diego at the time had the first woman trainer. Not first woman coach. First woman trainer. Wow. Okay. And his words was, "Oh boy, I wonder how she is in the kitchen. Oh, okay. He caught hell for it. I bet. But the Madison Square Garden Network, the Mets, they didn't fire him. Keith, Keith Hernandez is a fucking legend in New York. They love him. Mm -hmm. They didn't fire him. He apologized. He said it was insensitive. But you know what? He's Keith fucking Hernandez. You know, he can do that. Well, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he can do a lot of things yeah. eh, with those with those Mets in the eighties. Right. Let me tell I you. Mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. Him and Strawberry and the boys ran and, hard. And, and, you know, you had Kevin Mitchell, you know, doing his thing. Um, but anyway, we have become very, very, very pussified in the way we deal with things like that. That is nothing. Now, it's nothing compared to our good friend, Mr. Tom Brenneman. Good friend. Whoa. I don't who know. left his Who's mic, friend? Who left his hot mic on? Yeah, what he said was, there's no defense of that. You and, can't defend that. And what, whether what, he believes it. Or whether he was joking, that's like yelling fire in a movie theater. You can't do that. Well, what I have a problem with is, look, it, 
he he apologized and it was an awkward situation but you there's really nothing you can say that's going to make that situation better you said it everyone heard it i love when people are like oh that's not me well it's like wait a minute it just came out of your mouth so it's some part of you like do i think we're oversensitive overly sensitive to some issues in this country some words we'll say without going into specifics yeah, probably. There's probably some truth to that. I'm not talking about that word specifically or other, you know, big word. I'm just saying we are so hypersensitized now. So hypersensitive, I should say, about everything. Everything's got to be dissected. Well, what did you mean by that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't say that word. It's like, wait, what other words should, I, you know, it's just unbelievable. But in the case of Mike Milbury, Bill, all he said was there's no women here to distract men. Like, that's it. That's all he said. That's it. That's like saying that we don't have a TV on to distract us while we're doing our fucking show here. Yeah. That's yeah. That's basically what it is. It's distracted. And yes, uh, newsflash. He didn't say that, it's, it's, it, that a bunch of whores and prostitutes are, <laughs> aren't there to distract them and, 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 you know, drain them of their bodily fluids. He didn't say that. Jeez. He didn't say that. <laughs> he just said a very simple common sense fucking statement. I mean, that is said in schools almost with high school, junior high yes. kids. All the, oh, the kids are distracted by the girls or whatever. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't let the cheerleaders practice in front of us because we'd be distracted. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. No distractions. God damn. And those come in many forms. And Jesus yeah, it's just Christ. hilarious. It's, I don't know what it is an attack of. It's an attack on like masculinity almost. If it's an attack on just... Uh, equality. I mean, some some of the comments on this thing were ridiculous. First of all, to call it sexist is just out of bullshit. It's, it it's totally wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Come on. It's a matter of 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 uh, X and Y chromosomes. <laughs> when you come right down to it, it ain't sexist. It's keeping guys poised and 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 sharp inside this controlled atmosphere called a bubble playing professional men's ice hockey yes simply put yeah it's not co-ed ice hockey <laughs> if it was co-ed ice hockey the women would be there and he wouldn't say that i mean there's i, I try not to watch espn or, or much nba talk but there's been plenty of discussion when this whole bubble thing started nba guys were talking about uh it was it was broadcast they were talking about having women sneak into the bubble in and out yes Where, where's the outrage over that I, right what what in the world where's the outrage how could well, they say that? Well, because, you know, one could infer. Uh, I'll go any further. I, I will, we'll leave it at that. That's just fine. Well, back to Brenneman. Um, I, I'll tell you this. When I work at Fox Sports on Sundays and Saturdays in the during the football season, usually, uh, when we are assigned to a game, we're sitting at a monitor, and we have the headset on, and our, t our television doesn't go to commercial like, other, like the regular TV does in the living room. Our monitor stays on the game. We have the live in-game feed. So we hear things that the announcers are saying as they're talking, like you and I are talking right now. Um, I, I don't say it, it went as extreme as Tom Brenneman goes, but you hear the conversations. You hear the comments about uh, just about anything. And for someone like Tom Brenneman, who's been working in broadcasting for so long, to just not think that the microphone was there in front of him, I, what was he thinking, Bill? Well, he let his guard down. And, you know, a mic in front of you is always, you always assume it's a hot mic. Mm -hmm. Okay. In my limited um, broadcasting and, and, and um, radio uh, work here on the, uh, <laughs> on the Rio Hondo Broadcasting Network, 
radio, radio network. I, I assume that this microphone is always hot. Okay. Even though whatever I say doesn't matter because no one can fire me. I still don't want to be disrespectful to someone. And again, unless, unless I have it, unless it's for a reason, but I will never be sexist, racist, or color anything like that. And that's the line that he drew. It's one thing for, for Milbury and even, even my buddy Keith Hernandez back in the day to say that, you know, the women are, are, aren't here to, so they won't distract them. Or I wonder how good she is in the kitchen. Okay. Was that sexist? Maybe, but he's just, he's asking a question. How does she do in the kitchen? Okay. Well, well let's say, okay, let's take that comment. But again, Brenneman. Brent, no excuse. No excuse. And for you, for those of you out there that, don't know what he said and are going, what the fuck are they talking about? Uh, I, Google it. Google it. Tom I, I was going to paraphrase it. Red's I'm, broadcaster. Red's broadcaster, Marty, Marty Brenneman. He makes a reference to the city of Kansas city being a blank capital of the world. And the first letter starts with an F and the last one's a G and it's one letter in between. So unless you are a complete and utter buffoon, you will figure it out. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Well, I mean, it, you say the Keith Hernandez thing, like, okay, let's, I hate using the word offensive because ev- offended everyone is these days. So you take that. Okay. Say someone was upset about it. So it was, it was offensive or whatever. Okay. Like you said, all right. Hey, I'm sorry. I said it. And you move on. It's not like this big cancel culture event. Should, should Marty Brenneman, let's, let, I'm going to ask you this. Okay. Should Marty Brenneman be fired? Should he be allowed to ever broadcast again? Broadcast again or broadcast for the Reds? Whether it be the Reds, mm. the Giants, the Dodgers, uh, the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> Kansas- <laughs> now that now okay. that would be a story. Okay. Um, Should he be allowed to work again? He does NFL games, right? Yes, he does for Fox. Okay. Should he be allowed to work? Should he be allowed because of one slip up, one fuck up, even though it's a bad one? He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't shoot anybody. He didn't he didn't drive drunk and, and hit somebody in an intersection and kill him. He said a bad word. I'm gonna say yes. He should be fired. No, I'm going to say he should be allowed to work again. Okay. Because if you were going to say he was going to be fired, I was going to call you a liar and a fat mouth (laughs) because he should be allowed to work. Yes, he should. Take the rest of the year off from baseball. I think suspension, maybe. I think fair. Suspension, fair? Yes. Okay. Suspension, fair. Yeah. Whether he takes, whether he gets paid or just takes a leave or whatever the fuck, you know, his, the money that the Reds pay him is none of my business. Okay. Now, should he be allowed to work again? Yes. That is not a, in my opinion, a, a fatal and fatal error to where you get the death penalty. Okay. Agreed. Okay. Um, he needs to grovel a little bit. He needs to apologize a little more sincerely than he did. Uh, maybe, um, you know, maybe go do some work in that area. Maybe hand out some, some food. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe do some community service. I, I don't know, but you know, he, he should be allowed after he pays some some dues to go and work again. Well, there's plenty of people that make mistakes in sports and they get second chances and people aren't happy about it. Uh, Michael Vick comes to mind. Some people wanted oh, yeah. him to never play again. Right. Went to prison for the dog killing and everything. Pretty yeah. horrible stuff. It's worse, to me, that's worse than, than, than what Brenneman did. I agree with you. He's killing dogs. Yeah. He's fighting dogs. It's a, it's a lot worse than what Brenneman yeah. did. No, I agree with you. And, and there's plenty of stories like that where guys have done some horrible things. And it's like, okay, serve your punishment. You did, you did the time for the crime. Okay. Now, now 
there are death sentence situations. I just don't think that's one of them. No, I and I agree with you. Not even close. Not even close. But but there are certain things that you know you do in the broadcast booth that you know could have been a lot worse. And there there are ways. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of any others lately that have been worse than that, where guys have actually lost their jobs, rightfully so, um, unless, you know, you, you completely snap and lose it, and you just start, like, going off and, and, and into some rant. You know, that could happen one of these days. You know, like, like the old character in uh, Major League when, um, when, when Bob Euchert loses it. <laughs> yeah absolutely oh man well we'll see what happens with that I, I i thought it was relevant especially with the whole mike milbury thing i mean two very extremes there it's like come on guys milbury was forced to yeah. walk away and then remember what i said earlier in the show you've got those two you got those two examples okay right and then you've got our good little friend at channel five Lou, Lou, I'm going nowhere. My career's fucked. I'm over. I'm ugly. I'm, I'm gaining weight since my days as a beauty queen. I'm just a shitbird. Parker, who calls the president a turd. Should she be disciplined? Crickets. Huh? There's crickets. Crickets. No one said a word about that. No. Haven't heard a thing. No. She should be disciplined. If it was my, my station and I'm calling the shots, she's fired. Yeah. Fired. Mm-hmm. Gone. Goodbye. Uh, well, we started the show asking you about maybe some rules changes. If you were the commissioner, I, I wouldn't mind seeing you as the commissioner or the king for a day, Bill. I think it's a, it's a scary thought, but I think it would be pretty cool. I think you would get some things done. I would reinstitute if I was the, if I was the commissioner of the NHL, I would reinstitute Mike Milbury yesterday. Mm. Okay, if I was the commissioner of Major League Baseball, like I said, I would have double headers. First of all, there better be a damn good reason why we're playing a double header. Okay. And it would be seven innings. Okay. Um, football. Uh, like I say, no helmets. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Get rid of it. <laughs> oh, vote for Bill, guys. Vote for Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of him. You see how tough guys really are. Oh, no doubt. Yes. Tough guy. You want to be a tough guy? You want to be a tough guy? <laughs> you know, you're not going to leave with your head anymore. Yeah. No kidding. You're going to tackle him. You're going to, you know, trip him or tackle him around the waist or something, you know, whatever you're going to do. <laughs> Well, Bill, time has flown by once again. One of our longer shows, I think, but a lot to talk about, man. And uh, well, you know, the, the world keeps spinning. And when the world keeps spinning, a lot of people step on themselves and do stupid shit. And we're we're there to report it and talk about it. Amen to that. Well, you know what, Bill, we have some great guests coming up this this week. Do tell the rest of this week. I'm going to tell you our next three guests because I want you to tell the good people who wow. listen to this uh, about them. First okay. of all, tomorrow on the program on yes. Thursday, yes. we're going to be joined by Billy Hayes. Say it ain't so. Billy Hayes. How too- did you get Billy Hayes? Did you go through his agent? I- <laughs> did you go through? Um, did you go through his agent, Mike Blincy? Oh. To get him? oh. I have my ways. I, wow. It wasn't easy. It wasn't Holy easy. Smokes. But uh, two-time College World Series umpire, okay. 2016, yes, 2019. I'm familiar with Billy. I've, you know. I've not only worked on the field with him, I've worked on the field, off the field with him, and I've I was I served at his camp a few times as a as a, um, a part-time instructor, and also I ran the camp games mm-hmm. at a couple of his camps. Yeah. Um, dynamic speaker, very very good. Um, he'll be a really, really good listen mm-hmm. to all your, 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 um, 
followers out there. <laughs> he will keep you engaged. He's got a lot of insight into the world of college baseball, a lot of insight into a lot of things, and I'm sure he will share that with everyone. Yes, yes, very much looking forward to that and you guys hearing that. Uh, definitely a baseball conversation tomorrow. Friday, someone you may know, f- former football official or current football official. You're the former football official, uh, Scott Root. Scott Root. I worked my first ever Whoa. first ever junior college, any game above the, the, the level of, of high school, my first ever junior college football game, I worked with Scott Root. Nice. It was the Saturday after 9-11. Really? It was at uh, Mount San Jacinto College. Day game. It was 105 fucking degrees. No, nobody wanted to be there. The mm-hmm. teams didn't want to play. We were there. You know, we still had 9-11 fresh in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, the referee that day, a guy named Dave Batista. Oh, Dave yeah. was a fireman. Oh, yeah. And he was giving us insight into, you know, that whole thing. Quite, oh, quite uh, you know... Um, insightful on on the whole inside of the fireman aspect of 9-11 wow and um i do i do i know scott well we good official very thorough almost and and i say this in a way that it's uh (laughs) i'm not picking at him but it's in a way where it's it's a it's complimentary very anal about rules about doing a good job on the field and getting shit right yeah makes you better for sure makes you better absolutely he was the back judge I was pulling chains that day <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you what, I wasn't used to working with a crew of guys that fast and that good. Hmm. I mean, Scotty, I mean, when I'd have a play on my sideline, I'd look over and there's my back judge right there with oh. me. I didn't have some, you know, fat overweight fuck in the middle of the field, just yelling, you know, I had a, <laughs> actually had a guy there. So it, that was really, really uh, exciting for me. So I, I remember that crew like it was yesterday and it was, it was, like I say, it would have been coming up 20, about, 19 years. Uh, yeah. From 2001 about, you know, coming up. Wow. Well, well, Scott Root is now a, a white hat, a head referee crew chief in the big sky conference, which is a division one double a F does not surprise me. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure he moved up quite well. Yeah. So we'll talk about his officiating journey and just kind of what it's like working at that level. And a uh, lot former a lot, baseball coach, right? Former baseball coach. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Where he's coaches high school baseball or did at one point. So we got a few things to discuss with Scotty on Friday. Uh, Monday, just a little sneak peek. We're going to have Chuck Becker on the program. Chuck Becker. Yeah. Law enforcement, former yes. Pomona cop. Yes. And uh, someone who's umpired baseball at not only college baseball, but has some independent mm-hmm. league professional yep. oh, experience. Yeah. Yeah. And Chuck was, Chuck was cool. He was open to talking about some of his work as in law enforcement um, SWAT team kind of guy, and and he it was cool Fill, uh, filling us in with Chuck a few things. Would have a lot to to a lot of insight into into the job, into the SWAT aspect, special weapons and tactics, which I never got into. So um, I, I respect guys that have done that because that not it's not for everybody. Um, and also as a as an umpire, as a guy who always uh, performed to the very best of his ability, and never phoned it in. No, no, not at all. Good guy. Uh, a couple good guys. All three good guys there. Uh, I'm glad you uh, had good words to say about oh, yeah, all of them. Yeah. No, what do you think? I'm a bad mouth. I'm only, <laughs> even I, what do you think? I think I, oh, they're a bunch of fucking idiots, man. Why are you wasting your time? Come on. Clean it up. Clean Come it on. Up. You think I'm going to do that? No, I would, I would Jesus never. Think. Christ. You could have, you know, you, you could have, you know, freaking Scott Peterson get bailed out of, out of San Quentin and have him on the show. Wow. And I wouldn't, I would hey, great, he's going to tell you how to, you know, beat the system and, uh, you know, how to disguise himself to try to go to Mexico after he 
fucking kills his wife and kid. <laughs> you know, I, I would try to bring out the best. All right. You always do, Bill. Yeah, you always no. do, man. Hey, come alive. on, and that, that's that's something that we could have touched on today. Maybe we'll do it next week. Is the fact that he gets a new trial as far as his penalty phase goes? Wow, they threw the death penalty out because the judge made some errors. And again, that's for another show. Yeah, but, and, uh, next yeah. week, guys, sneak peek. Right, we yeah. might talk about that. We might talk about the egregious um, laws and how some of the decisions have gone down to basically talk Californians out of the death penalty, even though the voters voted for it. Our, our gutless, cowardly governor decided to put a moratorium on it. Again, maybe a little tidbit for next week. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. That uh, I have some strong opinions with that as well. So, Bill Barnes, thank you for joining us once again. Thank you for having me at your lovely home once again as well. I don't have much of a choice. You knock on the door. I say, come in. <laughs> well, we will be back here next week. Uh, God willing, of course, God willing. And yes, uh, yes. We, we will see. If, as long as, you know, the apocalypse doesn't happen between now and then, I think there's a good chance we'll do it. <laughs> Sounds great. Thanks so much, Bill. We'll talk to you next week. See you next week. Thanks again, Bill Barnes. Absolutely a pleasure catching up with you once again on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Thank you, Bill, for sitting down with us every single week. It definitely keeps this show going, and I know a lot of people tune in Wednesdays just for you. Maybe a few people don't listen on Wednesdays because of you, but we wouldn't have it any other way to have you every single Wednesday. Happy that you're here. Thank you so much for sharing some of your insight and uh, definitely your stories. And uh, always a blast catching up with you. Looking forward to next week, Bill. We will do it again very, very soon. Well, guys, as you heard Bill and I talk about tomorrow on the program, we will have Billy Hayes on the show. Billy Hayes is a two-time College World Series umpire. He worked the College World Series in 2016 and 2018. He is also a coordinator of umpires out here in the uh, western West Coast, we'll say. Uh, a lot of his teams uh, in his conferences are in California, um, but he is the coordinator of officials for the SCIAC Conference, the Southern California Interscholastic Athletic Conference, which is the Division Three conference out here in uh, Southern California. And he is also a coordinator of officials in two NAIA conferences, and those are the GSAC and the CalPAC. So we'll talk about uh, his umpiring journey for sure. Billy was also in the minor leagues. He worked his way through the minor leagues up to triple A, took a few years off and then jumped into the world of college baseball umpiring. So he's done that a long time now. He's gotten to Omaha twice and Billy also runs one of the best camps on the West Coast for umpiring, the Black and Blue Umpire Camp, uh, B-Buck as he calls it. He's the owner and operator of that. It has expanded and grown over the years. This would have been their 10th season um, of, of doing their camps and helping instruct guys and give guys lessons, training them to get to the next level, whether it be to get to Division Two, to get to Division One, or to start out their college baseball career. So we'll talk with Mr. Hayes tomorrow about all of those things. Uh, you guys will learn something. Even if you're not a baseball umpire or even a baseball fan, I still think there's plenty that you can take from the conversation. 
regarding someone who has been very successful at the college baseball umpiring level and someone that also gives back tremendously to uh, people that are just starting out and really helping people along in their college baseball umpiring career. So stay tuned for a fun conversation tomorrow with Billy Hayes. Guys, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Some of the best ways are through social media. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We love hearing from our guests. We love hearing some questions, maybe some suggestions for topics. Uh, always a pleasure to hear from people. Send us an email. Make sure to include uh, if you want Bill to be uh, responsive in your in your message to us. Uh, you can also reach us through the social media platforms, but the email address helps us keep everything together. Additionally, if you want to send us a voice message, much like you heard from Edwin Ixta today on the program, you can do that through the Anchor app or anchor.fm. Look up our podcast there because I know people listen to the podcast and other platforms. But if you listen to the, or excuse me, you go to the Anchor uh, app or anchor.fm, you can look for our podcast, Get Home Safe. Look for the green message button. Click there. It's a one-minute limit, but you can leave a voice message that we can then play on the air, much like we did today with Edwin. We will then respond to that message. You can also send me a voice text message if that's easier for you guys. That's no big deal. I can upload that to the podcast and go from there. But if you don't want to hear your voice heard, uh, that's totally understandable. Just send us an email. Whatever the case may be, message us. Uh, We want to hear from you guys. We continue to say that at the end of every show because you guys uh, keep this show going. We wouldn't have this show if we didn't have uh, growing listenership, really. It's been such a pleasure to see the show grow from the early stages of just randomly talking in a a phone to here we are with microphones and uh, social media and guest lists and all these different things. So it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, provide this show for for you guys Monday through Friday on the Get Home Safe podcast. So we would love to hear from you guys. Can't say it enough. Send us a message. Uh, and and Bill wants to hear from you for sure. You know, he, he's here once a week. I'm here five days a week. Um, whatever you want to do, guys. Any topic you want. Nothing's off limits. We'd love to have a conversation one way or another. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from our guests in the upcoming future. Well, guys, that will wrap up today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast and our weekly segment, the weekly Wednesday weigh-in with Bill Barnes, the retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire. He will be back with us next Wednesday. Join us tomorrow for the interview with Billy Hayes, College World Series baseball umpire and someone who gives back to the college baseball umpiring community. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.